0: This is the GBA Case History Series brought to you by the GBA Podcast. One of the best ways to learn is by reflecting on the mistakes and successes of others. Each episode within this series will showcase one of the many case histories developed by GBA and its member firms. They're a collection of stories that cover many different disciplines within the GEO professions, each with a unique message and lesson learned. We hope you enjoy this podcast and encourage you to share the lessons learned with others at your organization. Welcome to the GBA Case History Series brought to you by the GBA Podcast. My name is Jen Sanborn. I'm an environmental consultant at Sanborn Head & Associates in Concord, New Hampshire and an active member of GBA. Today we are discussing GBA Case History 109, which involves cybersecurity risks. This is a risk that we all face in our personal and professional lives. And during the course of the episode, you'll hear one company's story of a ransomware attack and the consequences associated with it. At the end, we'll tie in some best practices to help keep your firm safe from these types of attacks. Before we get into this story, I'd like to introduce our guest on the show today. Doug Barbosa works with me at Sanborn Head, where he is the Director of Information Technology. Doug has been working as an information technology professional for over 15 years at various professional services firms. One of his roles at Sanborn Head is to research and implement best practices for cybersecurity at the company, some of which he will share here today. I'll get into the case history in a minute, but first, I asked Doug a few questions about cybersecurity attacks in professional services fields. Welcome, Doug, and thank you so much for being here today. You've been in the IT field for a long time and have seen the progression of cybersecurity risks over the years. What are some of the common types of cyber attacks that professional services firms might see? And can you describe a little bit about how they work?
1: Hi, Jen. Thanks for having me here today. Cyber attacks are not only increasing, but they're also getting much more sophisticated. The most common attacks would involve social engineering. It is a lot easier to trick a human than breach a security system. Bad actors will visit your company website. They look for people they can try to impersonate and contact to initiate an attack. Usually, it starts with a phishing attack. Even the most secure network is hackable if an employee is persuaded into sharing access or sensitive information. Bad actors will visit your company website. They look for people they can try to impersonate and contact to initiate an attack. And usually, it starts with a phishing attack. A successful phishing attack can lead to a ransomware attack, which is a very disruptive attack that your company data can be locked, encrypted, until a ransom is paid. Even after the ransom is paid, there is no guarantees you'll get your data back. Another common attack is compromised public Wi-Fi. Most of us travel for work. We visit client sites. We use public Wi-Fi during lunch to check our emails and keep up with our work. People are not aware, but when connected to public Wi-Fi, if that Wi-Fi is compromised, bad actors can capture the information you're accessing. Try to capture passwords, install malware on your computer. The best way to protect while traveling and on public Wi-Fi is to to connect to the corporate VPN. Also check with your IT staff if your corporate VPN also encrypts data access outside your corporate network. Another attack that's becoming more common is phishing attack using a text message. For example, if you receive a text message with a link from a number you're not familiar with, just ignore and delete the message.
0: Thanks, Doug. So I think what I'm hearing is that these types of attacks can come in from all different directions and on various devices. And you started talking about this a little bit already, but are you seeing any new trends or methods of conducting these attacks?
1: I am seeing the same methods from the last few years, but they are more sophisticated and with use of social engineering and artificial intelligence. Bad actors will research your company before they try to impersonate the CEO and contact a staff member and initiate an attack.
0: So to put this into perspective, do you have any statistics on how prevalent cyber attacks are in the architecture, engineering, and construction fields?
1: AEC firms are twice as likely to face ransomware attack than other industries. We built a very important infrastructure. More than 30% of architecture, engineering, and construction companies that fell prey to successful cyber attacks are a victim again, one or more times. And according to the US National Cyber Security Alliance, 60% of small businesses that suffer cyber attack go out of business within six months.
0: Wow. Well, the way I understand it is that one of the reasons AEC firms are more vulnerable is that they rely on personnel hours to survive. So any downtime, for example, with a ransomware attack is immediately lost revenue. And then second, their projects are very time sensitive. So again, any downtime, for example, in a construction schedule is very detrimental. So all of this clearly points to how important it is for AEC firms to make sure they're protected from these attacks. Uh, Thank you, Doug, and we'll pick this conversation back up in a few minutes to discuss best practices that firms can take to protect themselves from these attacks. Now I'm going to give an overview of what a ransomware attack can look like and the impacts it can have on a firm. Did you know that once an organization has been targeted, they're more likely to be targeted again as other hackers try to take advantage of the same potential weaknesses? Because of that, the name of the firm will remain anonymous throughout the episode. The purpose of sharing this story is to give an idea of how easily a breach can happen to any firm, the impacts it can have, and the steps firms can take to help prevent it from happening to them. Ransomware attacks are a form of cybercrime that can effectively shut an organization down. As the case history indicates, in these types of attacks, every colleague, project, and tangentially every client is held hostage by a criminal beyond the practical reach of law enforcement. This situation leaves little choice, but to meet the demand of the criminal. And the risk of cyber crimes are not going away. Unfortunately, the pandemic, work from home arrangements, and economic and political instability have all contributed to the expanding threat of cyber crime. To set the stage, this attack occurred at an engineering firm with multiple offices across the US. A phishing email was sent to an employee who then clicked on and opened a link in the email. As a reminder, phishing is the fraudulent practice of attempting to lure a computer user into a cybersecurity breach by impersonating oneself as a trustworthy entity. For example, a familiar vendor, other organization, or even a person that you know. The particular link that the employee clicked on breached the firm's cybersecurity systems and provided a gateway for a sophisticated and professional foreign hacking company to infiltrate the firm's management systems. Once the hackers were inside the system, they spent months, unbeknownst to the firm, assessing the firm's structure, operations, data, information, and technology. They installed a scheduled encryption tool, also referred to as a digital time bomb, that exploded through the firm's systems over a weekend. It encrypted every file and locked down the firm's IT systems, including email And if it couldn't be worse, it also deleted all the backup files that were located at offsite locations. The extent of the attack was realized on the following Monday morning, at which time the hackers demanded a seven-figure ransom for the firm to regain control of its IT systems. This was the first time anything of this magnitude had ever happened to the firm, and a sense of disbelief, shock, panic, confusion, vulnerability, and anger resulted in a firm-wide sense of dread and distraction as the magnitude of the attack was realized. Fortunately, the firm had purchased cyber ransomware insurance prior to the incident, and the insurance companies stepped in immediately to start the process of unlocking systems and recovering files. The insurers also brought in cyber experts to evaluate the extent of the attack, deal with the hackers, including arranging the payment of the ransom, and to provide monitoring of potential residual effects going forward. The insurance company negotiated a ransom and paid it to the hackers in cryptocurrency. The hackers did supply an encryption key for the firm to unlock its files. However, this is never a guaranteed result of paying the ransom. While this sounds like the end of the story, it definitely is not. The process to unencrypt the files was a massive undertaking and required 24-7 effort for more than a month to complete. This left many of the functions, like collecting data and developing reports, to be done using old-school paper methods and delayed project work. While all this was happening, the firm had to notify its clients and vendors of the security breach and potential for compromised sensitive data. The ultimate financial cost to the firm was more than double the amount of the ransom. These costs included disruption to normal business operations, downtime, getting systems up and running, the purchase of new computers and immeasurable lost revenue from missing out on business opportunities. A few key takeaways from the case history really stand out. First, it's critical to purchase cybersecurity insurance. Engineering firms depend almost entirely on computer systems to maintain their operation and productivity. Investing in insurance to protect these vital business systems cannot be overstated. Second, Replace old computers and upgrade security software. In this case, the firm had been planning to make such upgrades, but they had not yet been implemented, leaving them exposed to an attack. Trying to lower expenses by extending the life of critical IT systems and hardware just is not worth it. Third, training staff on cybersecurity and anti-phishing protocols is critical to raise staff awareness of the risks involved and to teach them how to recognize the baited traps. Fourth, bring in an outside cybersecurity expert to evaluate your firm's systems and get recommendations to address weak points. A cybersecurity expert can conduct an audit of your systems to make sure they are in line with up-to-date security measures. This is something to consider doing annually as part of your ongoing business practices. The firm survived the attack and has moved on, but described the event as crippling. They attribute their survival to the foresight of having insurance. And the resilience of the leadership, employees, and clients. They note that the bond of professional skill and relationships rose to the occasion in a crisis. Now I'm going to turn back to the interview with Doug Barbosa to recap and discuss some best practices for protecting your firm from cyber attacks. So, the story that I just discussed points to many of the repercussions from cyber attacks. Can you think of any other potential repercussions that weren't already mentioned?
1: Well, we all have company-sensitive information on our computer systems, along with client data and employee data. We are also responsible to secure this information. Bad actors, once they gain access to corporate networks, they can encrypt files, demand ransom to decrypt data. They can also make all the stolen information public and available on the internet. It is very common for lawsuits to follow a cyber attack. Clients can also prevent email communication with the breached company. Big loss on credibility and as a result, damage the company's reputation and client trust. Majority of small business lose business after after undergoing cyber attacks.
0: Well, we work so hard to earn our clients' trust. So something like this that could potentially take that away is hugely detrimental. Well, we clearly all want to avoid the situation uh, the case history talks about the importance of implementing staff training. Can you tell me a little bit about what this training might look like and best practices for implementing it at a firm?
1: Well, similar to health and safety training, there are platforms specifically designed for cybersecurity awareness and training. A popular platform that we use and uh, have great success is Know Before. They offer great training modules that can go from f- a five minutes refreshing training or a comprehensive 40 minutes training module. Some training modules are just videos, others interact with people and they can answer question, questions during the video training. You can also customize training combining a few 10, 15 different m- modules. Integrated phishing tasks after the training is done is also a, a very good idea. For example, people will receive a phishing test email right after training. Uh, if someone clicks on that link or reply to the email, they'll be required to watch the refresh training again. Again, cybersecurity scenario changes very quickly. A minimal yearly training will be the ideal, but some companies prefer quarterly training, which is a 10, 15, 20 minutes refresh. From my experience, people tend to be much more interested on training if they see a benefit for their personal lives. I usually tell my colleagues that cybersecurity training will also help them secure their personal cell phones, their personal emails and computers, which is also totally true. Also, the staff needs to be comfortable reporting suspicious emails and activities to the IT staff, which they can also learn on cybersecurity training on how to report those threats.
0: A lot of great points there. It sounds like this is something that can be done through a vendor and put into place relatively quickly at a firm of any size. uh, Given how the training piece is. It's probably a good initial step for firms that haven't already taken it. I, I also really like the idea of communicating the benefits to one's personal lives. We're all subject to getting hacked on our personal devices too. So moving on to a different topic now, the case history also discussed the importance of purchasing cybersecurity insurance. Could you talk about cybersecurity insurance and what it could include for a professional services firm?
1: Cybersecurity insurance policy can help cover the cost of recovering your IT systems. You still need to have a strong data backup strategy that will allow you to recover in the event of a ransomware attack. Some cybersecurity companies can also help you work with an IT consulting company that specializes on cyber attacks. Insurance companies also offer security assessment. Take some time and review the security assessment if you received one you will find very helpful information and in advice. It is important that the person in charge of IT works with the insurance company on the cybersecurity application form. Some insurance companies will require a minimum security compliance. For example, you need multi-factor authentication for remote access. Business data must be regularly backed up using external media or secure on cloud services. Device encryption on all mobile devices sometimes can also be a requirement.
0: Another really important component to a firm's overall portfolio of protections. Do you have any other advice for best management practices for engineering firms or other professional services firms to help avoid an attack? Well,
1: I always say that cybersecurity is everyone's responsibility. Work with your staff on training, work with your IT staff on best practices and policies, conduct external penetration tests and internal vulnerability scans with an independent company. It's a great start understanding your network and systems. Work with your IT staff on creating a cyber attack response plan. Keep your corporate systems up to date with the latest security updates.
0: So it sounds like having an external party do an audit of the system seems like a good place to start if a firm is looking at where to focus its attention next. Do you have any final words of advice to the listeners? Sure. Cloud services
1: are rarely mentioned and need to be protected too. When you contract a cloud service, you're still responsible to secure the access, implement password policies, and to-fact authentication on all your cloud services. It is a good idea to use Azure for user authentication since it can be centrally managed if you have that. Also, keep your personal devices up to date with the most recent security and software update. Stay vigilant and always work with your IT staff.
0: Thanks. Thanks. That's a great point about cloud services. And as you said previously, uh, it really can't be emphasized enough to stay vigilant and always think twice before clicking a link or responding to an email requesting personal information. Thanks so much, Doug, for being here today. This is an extremely important topic for businesses to understand, and the information you've provided today has been really valuable. So thank you.
1: Thanks, Jen. Thanks for having me.
0: And that concludes this episode of the case history series brought to you by the GBA podcast. As a reminder to our listeners, you can download the full written case history and hundreds of others at geoprofessional.org or by following the link in our show notes. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to give us a review and subscribe to this podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the GBA case history series. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the GBA podcast and leave us a review until next time. Remember the only real mistake is the one from which we learn nothing.